There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, this is Tyler. And this is KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? It's the Whitetail Weatherman here. It is finally No Shape November, KC. That's right. No shape with a P in it. Is that when you get round? Is that what you're trying to get? Any shape you want, bro. You eat all the Oreos, all the duplex. So that's the forecast. You give me the forecast right now, yes, aren't you? The forecast is lots of junk food in the in the forecast. Yeah, so. baby. <laughs> lots of pizzas, hopefully, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. We've got uh, stable temps ahead and very rainy, dessert-filled days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we are uh, we're on the road. Can y'all believe it? Can you can you fathom? <laughs> can you believe it? We are in a truck together, and uh, there's no bench seat in here, so <laughs> we're sitting apart a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't say socially distanced. I just uh, booked a hotel, and the guy was trying to figure out how many people are staying in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it's just weird man why do they ask that like, man? yeah it's a double just just deal with it you know if i'm one guy who wants two beds deal with it yeah what if it's i'm four double. people that want two beds i know it doesn't matter like, am i gonna pay more and he's like well is it for a company is it for uh personal i'm like well is it cheaper one way or the other because we're kind of both um and he's like well no i just want to know how many people are in the room and i was like oh okay it's just two guys and he's probably like okay next question <laughs> well that's why we got a double you know yeah. if it's two guys when we had a single that'd be real that's weird. right it is real weird but sometimes uh, you have to do it tell y'all what we're gonna let you on a secret right now this is top notch this is like whoever takes up this idea is gonna make a lot of money but okay the first gay hunting couple is going to make a lot of money. They will, man. Guaranteed. Guarantee it. <laughs> first vegans one, too. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> We're out here hunting heads of lettuce. That's right. <laughs> Dad, gum it. That's funny. Yeah. Headhunters. Head man, that's it, man. That's what it takes. And we just, uh, we just don't quite fit the bill. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. 
No, we definitely mm-hmm. don't. I'm not. Beal. The Beal. <laughs> 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 no, nope, so, just don't fit it. We are, we are, man. We're excited. I yeah. can't say anything else, but we're just excited. Finally, it's finally, man. It's like this is the vacation we've been waiting on all year, man. Tyler, yeah, it's gonna be a good hunt. You know why? Why is it? Because that sign right there says IGA. Mm. That's where you know there's there's gonna be some big deer around. I think that's IGA Outdoors needs that's to it. be a thing. That's it. That's the gay hunting couple, right? <laughs> there's a dove. It's gonna be good. November has started. November is here. Um, it doesn't feel like it, Mister Whitetail Weatherman. 69 degrees outside. Mm-mm. Very warm in our part of the country. Um, but nevertheless, the deer do deer stuff during deer time. So yeah. uh, we. Are going on a little deer trip. Yeah, we right. are. We are. We're um, so we're going to talk about the plans of this whole thing here in a minute. But we're we are on a deer trip. We've been on a few this year. The last one, the last deer trip that the Element team got to do was in the Great Land of Lincoln. And let me tell you something. Jack and I since. Since the very beginning of October, when sitting in a tree stand together, are two for two. It's pretty good. It's pretty fun. Is Jack spoiled now? He is. We knew that already. We knew that, though, yeah. (laughs) We knew that before he ever started filming with us. (laughs) Knew that one for sure. Yeah, but it comes more apparent every day. Um, We... We killed a deer in Illinois. If you uh, if you listen to the last podcast, you know that. Which, if you're listening right now, you probably listen to the last podcast. And if you didn't, then you might be a new guy that needs to subscribe to this podcast. And we will gladly accept that and appreciate that. Um, so we killed in Illinois. And part of this episode is to let you guys know that the footage is coming out. Let's see. If this releases when we want it to release, the footage will be coming out tonight. So that's going to be November second, right? November second, and what seven p.m. About seven p.m. That's yeah. and that's you know all if we're like so we're on the road. If internet complies, and I don't hit this guy riding across <laughs> the road in his bike, <laughs> then uh, we we will get this video up to you online on YouTube. So go check it out. There's people in the road everywhere. Golly, man! Just. Trying to get hit. That's yep. like not a good position <laughs> to be in, sir. Um, so, anyway, it's going to be awesome. Jack, was, the guy that spoiled that we were telling yeah. you about, he filmed uh, select parts of this, what he wanted to film, you know. Uh, no, he actually got my buck in the in the footage. That's I don't good. know if we said that in the last podcast. We weren't, I don't think we were sure at the time, hadn't reviewed the footage, but he got my buck in the footage, in the frame, before I killed him. So pretty pretty uh neat finding there and the the video is gonna be a little over 30 minutes long so so uh block you off a little time get your popcorn is it up as a premiere i was thinking about not but okay. we can do whatever no i didn't i didn't know i didn't know because uh, if it's going to be a premiere they can go uh, get a reminder for when it comes out yeah right? but yeah. Uh, if not, either way, you need to go subscribe, and then you'll get a notification. Hit, yeah. If you hit you the bell, hit the bell. I don't so know dumb. if you've watched YouTube, but everyone says hit the bell because we want you to hit the bell. Um, yeah. But if you do that, then you'll actually get a notification 
and uh, you'll know when yeah. that video comes out. The good thing about YouTube is when you get notifications, it's usually not spam. It's like legit. Right. At least from us, it's a video that you probably want to watch, hopefully, yeah. if you like us and if you like deer. If you like us and deer, our YouTube channel is a good place for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nowadays. Now, circa about 2016, we did a lot of not seeing deer because yeah. we hunted mostly Texas public, and that's what you do there. You would have had to really like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. In that case, you might be a hunting celebrity one day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, yeah you know the, the bell thing is weird because if you don't hit the bell you may not ever see any reminders that we or updates that we put anything out it's yeah. like I, that, that frustrates me because I'm a YouTube fan like I go and watch all kinds of stuff on YouTube when I can and if I if I um, subscribe to a channel and like come across it like three months later and I'm like how come I didn't see anything from this and then I realized I didn't hit the bell for notifications it like makes me rage you yeah know you I mean? have to actually if you want to see those videos at the top of your feed you have to continually be a viewer of that channel Man, which is a weird thing because it's I only have so many like minutes in the day to spend on YouTube and usually it's in the shower um, <laughs> so uh, like I get to watch uh, a fig video every day or something, yeah. and like um, maybe a hunting video if it's, if I'm lucky, right? So yep. um, it's only two channels usually that I can actually. Do they call watch. them figios? No, is, they no. don't. Because if you're a fig like connoisseur, you're a figure. Right? Yeah, you're so a figure. We talked about this before on the podcast. You're, you, you're figuring on things. You, you um, are. Have you been figuring out anything? <laughs> I have not figured out that much. I have figured out that uh, my fig, my figs didn't like the rain the other day. They split on me. Oh. But fig season's over at the Smith household, which is pretty normal about this time of year. But yeah. uh, they, that just means one thing. When fig season goes out, deer season comes in. Right? Man. So yeah. It's, it's and it's no shape November day. You can't, right. I can't I don't tell need no you. figs for I'm, that. There's no more dieting happening. That's what cookies are for. No, like... During the month of October, after we come off a trip, which I didn't even go that crazy on most of the trips, and then we come off a trip, and I would like try not to eat all week, and then go back on a trip again, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's it's changing. Times are changing. Yeah. Pop tarts every morning, <laughs> cereal every night, and then celebration pizzas and every Duplex. night too, right? <laughs> every night we're celebrating, just getting through the day. That's you right, know? dude. Um, oh man! At the element, we do not discriminate. We're going to celebrate does and bugs. Yep. with pizza. Yeah, uh, we are. We are. <laughs> but uh, so, this podcast is kind of a uh, just conglomeration of a couple different things we got going on. We thought we might answer a few questions that mm -hmm. uh, we'd gotten in recently. Specifically, had a couple things about uh, self filming, mm -hmm. and we've talked um, on quite a few podcasts about. Um, like what type of cameras you should run and stuff like that and it's really up to your discretion you can spend as much as you want to on a camera there's some cheaper options out there too just get whatever suits your needs but really um i think something that is kind of lost is the tactic of um or the technique probably is better than tactic the technique of self-filming and you've uh we cut a video doing this a long while back maybe should rehash it this summer i think we've talked about doing yeah. that a little bit um but there's a couple things to consider whenever you're going to do some self-filming. And Tyler's been doing it longer than I have, but I've been doing it for quite a while now, too. Um, there's a couple components that you got to keep in mind that you need beyond a camera. You need a camera arm, which is going to be a, a swivel arm that kind of moves around, and then also a base that that attaches to, to, the, to the tree. And you're also going to need a fluid head. So not only whenever you 
or uh, a head of some sort. A head of some sort, yeah. yeah. Fluid is the best, but uh, you can get like a little pan ball head or whatever they call them um, as well, depending on what your goals are as a self-filmer. And I think that's what you probably need to establish first is that are you doing this to put on YouTube? Are you self-filming to uh, show all your buddies and show your family? Or are you strictly self-filming so that you can be kind of like uh, some of the, the big-timers, um, like the DeQuistos and stuff, who they just film solely so they can see where they hit the deer, which yep. is a good idea. Shot analyzation. But with all those comes different types of equipment and different techniques as to what you're going to do, right? Yeah. So Tyler and I can speak mostly to the YouTube stuff because that's really where we're at now. I started out doing self-filming stuff a little bit. I didn't do it as intensively as I do now just to show buddies and stuff. I didn't really understand computers back in the day and how you could upload stuff and all that. But um, So let's just take it from the YouTube stuff because honestly – that's the most intense level, and then you can kind of downgrade our advice from there to suit your needs. Does that yeah. sound good to you? Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. um, you're like we said, you're going to need you know those three things: a camera arm, a head, and a camera. And once you've got that worked out, then you go to this. You're going to need to establish how you're going to be in the tree. Are you going to be hunting from a tree stand sitting down? You're going to be hunting from a tree stand standing up. You're going to be hunting from a uh, saddle like we've been doing quite a bit or even from the ground if you're hunting from the ground you're going to need a tripod too so that's another thing but you don't need the, the camera arm but just swap those in and out uh, one of the things that I've found and Tyler can kind of expand on this a little bit is depending on if you are hunting where you've got a true cameraman and then you're just a hunter ver and versus being a true self-filmer where it's you in a stand with a bow and a camera or a gun and a camera, where you position that camera matters compared to getting off shots and uh, getting deer on film and, and that sort of thing. Right, Tyler? Yeah, for sure. You, um, you know, you can run it on either side of your body, um, but I tend to like to run as a right-handed shooter of a bow. I like to run it on my right side. I think you'd want to do that with a rifle too, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other day, you and I have done some self-filming here in October, and or quite a bit, probably both, I guess, of us have done. And, um, you know, sometimes your tree doesn't allow you to put it on your right side, so you got to put it on your left. And I, I ended up, uh, uh, we released this video um, very recently um, of me at my house, had a big boar hog come in, and he started kind of going left on me, and I had my camera arm on my left so i had to basically use my bow arm my left arm to move that camera and frame him up a little better so you know i was kind of working the at full draw working the the arm or the head you know mm -hmm. so you can do that uh if you have to set up on that side um but preferably you want your release hand to be the one that controls the camera the fluid head the buttons you know all of that so as far as setting it up goes um you know, usually to whatever side your dominant hand is, and then you, a lot of times you're going to want to put it probably about waist high, um, because the the arm is going to come up a little bit mm -hmm. uh, above the the uh, bracket, the shoulder mount that goes against the tree, and then the camera is going to be up a little higher than that, and so it'll all work out to where you know if you got your arm bent at a 90, say, and you're ready to clip on. You also can just reach over and move the camera a little bit, and it's right there 
pretty much just right above your waist kind of and then it also gives you a good view when from when you're looking on the screen and you got your camera pointed downward you can still it's not too high up by your head mm -hmm. where you can't see the screen anymore because the camera's tilted down looking at the at the animal so and also it provides for the least amount of movement yep whenever you're like you got an animal in close right i mean the thing with self-filming that you need to realize is that it is tougher to kill stuff when you got a camera with you when if you're committed yep. to getting stuff on film like straight up you're gonna spook a couple animals that you should have killed because you're trying to film them yeah. or or have something go bad because of it but if you keep that thing around your waist right there that's like most of the time a relaxed position for a hunter is kind of with your your hands kind of at your waist on your thighs right like mm -hmm. that's kind of where people usually stand or sit so you can just reach up and move with your wrists and do pretty much everything you need to do now the one caveat to that is if you are hunting out of a saddle i've really found that i want the camera even lower mm -hmm. not because um it's easier to work in in the that sense of movement and whatnot because you got that bridge and all that stuff right there and if if you don't set up that base on the tree like at knee high your camera's going to end up where you can't get the thing around the tree because you got stuff right here in your way. Yeah. But the nice thing about that is that you don't have to really pick left or right because it's right in front of you. you right. know, traditionally, when you're hunting out of a saddle, you got a tree right in front of you, and you're kind of hunting on the left and right side of it. Now, for right-handed hunters, you kind of want to set up with your shots to your left. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of keep that in mind whenever you're setting up your camera. What I've found is I like to have the, the base maybe just a bit to the right that way i can rotate that camera on like cam most camera arms kind of hinge in the middle so there's kind of two pieces i can rotate that thing around and one camera arm once part of the arm leans up against the tree and the other part kind of swivels around and i can kind of hunt with that but what you really have to watch out for especially as a bow hunter is you don't need that arm to be in your way when you're trying to make a shot mm -hmm. right um you really need to keep that camera a decent amount to the right of where your shots are going to be because um you can look at my south dakota footage i actually bump the camera a little bit whenever i shoot my bow and mm -hmm. uh, it can get real bad i've seen <laughs> somebody i can't remember who it was on youtube but somebody smoked their boat <laughs> their screen on their camera their flip out screen with, with an string arrow. or with the arrow yeah with an arrow just Golly. absolutely just rip shot it man <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's a sad day right there because you oh, don't yeah. miss your book and you shot your camera <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad deal a bad deal right there <laughs> Go it, man. Yeah. yeah so that's kind of my take on like where to position the camera and stuff uh -huh. like that you got anything more on the positioning no, stuff no i don't i don't think so really i mean as far as this kind of goes a little bit in the same vein but yeah. you want to um, you want to, you've got dials on most camera arms in one way or another, or most camera heads, fluid heads or, or uh, pan heads that yeah. you would buy that allow the camera to move more or less freely. And so as a self-filmer, you're going to want to make sure that those dials, especially and mainly, and, and almost, almost 100%, you want just the pan, the left and right, to be able to move fairly freely uh-huh you want to keep it to where it's going to stay if you have to move it left or something and it's not going to go you know tilting back down yeah. to straight or whatever and this is part you also got to make sure that you're you're level you know when yeah, you balance it leveling it out makes a big difference on controlling all that right. stuff too um you also 
you know, you, and when I say what I'm trying to get to is that you don't want your tilt to have a whole lot of play in it at all. Like you want to have to move that pretty hard because if you don't, your camera um, will end up falling down. If you if you guys go and watch um, in the season playlist last year, oh, you man. can see my the Iowa buck that I killed. The video before that, the day was the day before, and I'm literally I I killed that deer instead if if I didn't have my camera too loose and it falls straight you know facing straight down to the ground which is tricky because a lot of times if you keep that camera on a flat plane like facing parallel to the to the ground right it's fine but as soon as you start tilting that thing down Mm -hmm. the weight of the lens kind of takes it sometimes and it goes right over so you got to make sure it's plenty good and tight for that not to happen if you have if you're shooting a camcorder style instead of like a dslr or mirrorless platform you've got better balance it's just a lighter model usually so Mm -hmm. um anyway that's kind of in the same balance as setup i think is just to be when you get it set make sure there's a little bit of movement because you're going to probably need to move it last second but uh one of the really nice heads if you're a budget guy trying to do this uh there's we're not paid by these people at all but slick is one of the pretty popular brands of stuff out there you can get and then there's um manfrotto it's kind of the two more common ones out there we run a lot of manfrotto heads because they're real smooth and real nice but they're a little bit more expensive uh slick has like a real inexpensive one it's actually a three axis which you don't need all three you only use two but anyways what i really liked about that cheaper slick head is that your tension adjustment for your up and down was in the handle Mm -hmm. so you could reach up there do like an eighth turn with your wrist it would loosen it and you can go up and down and then tighten that thing back down another eighth back you know righty tighty and it's just stuck there for sure it was nice so that's a slick uh we bought slick 340 tripods with those heads on them i think so just in case you're wanting something like that i don't don't remember what it was called i think they're 340s yeah that's what they're called um but yeah, those are pretty nice. But uh, so real quick, let's talk a little bit about camera settings and stuff like that. Um, there's a creepy oh, guy standing goodness. on the side of the bridge in a clown face. Wow. Okay. Am I going? <laughs> I the think wrong you need to be over there, way. sir. We're gonna exit and come back home. <laughs> <laughs> I did this one night, real late with pop. I'd rather uh, not run into that big black truck. Yeah, that'd me, be so. not good. We're down here in the uh, purge uh, area. There's gonna be more clowns on the street. <laughs> I hope not. Oh goodness. Um, well, we're not gonna stop at this red light. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So on camera settings, um, they are. A couple of main ones. A lot of times you can run auto on stuff. Um, the uh, focus is always going to be a big deal. Um, fo- auto focus is good if you got good shooting lanes and you're pretty open. If it's uh, pretty brushy and you're trying to get footage of deer through brush, you're going to want to run manual focus, which makes things more difficult. Yeah. Um, just honestly run auto unless you absolutely can't. Yeah, if you're listening to this as a 101 guy, which is yeah. kind of what we're delivering right now, 101 type stuff probably going to want to auto it. especially if you're running a, a camcorder too because it's pretty hard to manual focus camcorders a lot of times mm-hmm. um so there's that there's also um other settings like f-stop iso stuff like that if you're a uh diy type you know 101 again run some of that stuff on auto um you might end up with some grain where it kind of looks like kind of fuzzy you're like you're looking through the fog at deer later at night um, that's okay if you're just trying to, you know, have something cool to show your buddies or whatever, you know. Uh, we do some stuff to make sure that doesn't happen or do our best to make sure that doesn't happen. Really, the more expensive camera you get, the kind of better that's going to be. And some are better for low light and this and that. Mm-hmm. But one of the main things that you need to think about is is getting deer in focus and also getting them in the frame. 
All right. So that, yep. and that's very basic types of focus. And the frame is going to be pretty dependent on um, how tight you're running your zoom. Okay. So a lot of cameras, especially camcorders, are going to have a pretty variable zoom. Like my camcorder goes from uh, 24 28. to. 28 to 240 28 to, okay so to, yeah mid 20s i don't even know what yours ends up at, 240 is what it ends up at oh it does okay. yeah i know that for sure so it's 28 to 240 24 to 240 something like that which is real nice okay that's a it's great because that 24 28 means you can zoom way out and take uh selfie style you know interviews if you want to and it's not too zoomed in on your face which is bad for me if my face gets too <laughs> zoomed in on um but uh you also can zoom way out and you know get pretty good footage of a deer out a couple hundred yards away if you are good and still um now the thing that people have a hard time with myself included is having the camera too zoomed when a deer comes in and when you take a shot right um the nice thing about camcorders is that zoom is really easy to adjust usually it's right at the toggle switch on top so if all else fails and you just need a, a uh, catch-all or just you know um in case of emergency, run that thing as wide as you can. Yep, and you and also get it can, on footage. You can run that. A lot of cameras these days, even even very inexpensive ones, are going to have a 4K option. Yeah. If you run 4K and and you're pretty wide, mm -hmm. and as long as that deer is in the frame, um, you can crop down to it and still have pretty decent quality. Yeah. So you run that thing in 4K. And in, in your post-production, whatever you use, a lot of people are going to be using iMovie or something like that, which is one of my least favorite programs. But <laughs> it is free, and if you have that and you're working with it, then um, you can you can essentially crop in uh, closer so you can analyze shots. Which means zoom like in that. on the computer. Zoom in it, on the it, computer pretty yeah. much. And so... You can see your shot, and or and or you know just have a, a better yeah. better footage for whatever purpose you're wanting. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, but like like I was saying, if you're self filming, sometimes things get frantic, and the deer doesn't end up where you think it's going to be, and sometimes your bow is drawn, and the only way to make sure that thing is even in the frame is to have your frame pretty wide. So if you go back and look, um, I have examples of both of these, but we'll go with the good version. Uh, I killed a buck that's infam infamously called the meat buck. It's a spike <laughs> on Texas public land. I shot it in January 1st, 2019, I believe. Isn't that right? That's um, right. Yeah. And uh, I shot that deer with a wide frame. You can't, on a phone screen, you can see everything, but it's kind of hard to tell. But he for sure is in the frame, no problem, and wasn't going to be out of the frame. But I grunt stop him, get my shot off actually end up kind of spining him and uh um we uh i end up he, and he dies right there in the frame it's kind of crazy but um anyways if i'd have been zoomed in too far that deer would have walked out of the frame and i would have shot the deer out of the frame which is fine if you have a cameraman he can move the camera but sometimes when you're at full draw that ain't gonna happen right you just got to take your shot so keep that in mind now if you do have a camera guy it's okay to get a little bit tighter because you, that you know if you're filming your buddy or whatever, you can move the camera around, and do whatever you want to. But mm -hmm. you know, get it, and you can experiment with this stuff whenever you're sitting there in a tree stand. You know, like okay, well, what's tight enough that I know will get my whole shooting lane, but it's not so wide that like I'm just looking at trees and maybe there'll be a brown dot in it, right? Yep. And uh, if you get that done, then you're sure to at least be able to see your deer and see where you shot it. Yep. I'd say, you know, try it. Get in there early get things set up you know 
work with uh, your shots, kind of envision your shots a little bit, um, and then just think about, um, you know, setting your camera up, you know, where you think a deer is going to be when, if it was to surprise you and be in your shooting lane, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, have it set there, have it ready to go. Um, and then you can get that footage as he comes in. If you see him or her coming in early enough, you can get footage of them. But otherwise, you want to make sure that if you're surprised that you can just flip the camera on and start recording and get the, the shot on video at least, yeah. you know, for, for many different reasons. But, um, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the... That's pretty comprehensive, I think, pretty, for, yeah. for that one, that camera or self-filming style deal. Guys, if you think you want to try it out, go ahead and do it. It's pretty fun, yeah. you know, and if anything... Cameras kind of hold their value for a couple of years, especially if you buy something that's on the cheaper side. You can always resell it or film the kids' football games with it or whatever. You right. know, it's also something you can justify to your wife because you can be like, "Well, I can do this with it, I can do this with yeah. it, do this with it." But then you run into the thing. Well, I want to take this camera so I can take some pumpkin pictures. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. <laughs> oh, we got a buddy who has run into that a few times. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, I mean, but yeah, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of that's gonna get you going. Yeah. And now, if you have a if you, if you have any more detailed questions, feel free to send them, send them in to us uh, via the website or Instagram on DM, you know, in the messages and uh, or Facebook. We, yeah. That's where we get a lot of our messages. Send us some of that stuff. Uh, but be detailed because mm-hmm. uh, some of the questions we've been getting in regards to this self-filming and editing are almost along the lines of, like, how do you edit a video? And it's like, man, it's a vague, vague question. You know, I need yeah. a little more details of what you're wanting to do or what you're thinking, you know, or, or if you're asking me, like, what program do you use? I don't know if that's what you're saying. Or So just make sure that you're detailed if you got a question. We'll try to answer yep. it. We may answer it on podcast. We may answer it in uh, the inbox. But either way, we got another question you. the other day that has nothing to do with cameras. It's going to lead us into what we're doing right now. Right. You ready? Yeah. We had a guy who's been a long-time follower. He sent us a message and said, Hey, um, on my private stuff, the deer aren't hitting the golden nuggets right now very much at all. And on public, I cannot figure out what they're eating. What are deer eating in late October, early November in Texas on public land? What a great question, sir. So one of the issues that you're going to run into if you do much public land hunting in Texas is realize that we don't have, like, pretty much crops anywhere near public land that deer care to, to be in you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of coastal bermuda a lot of junk like that hay grazer silage stuff like that that just deer don't use to the extent of of, of eating it right so um the big one everybody talks about is acorns this year we're not having a great acorn year if you can find some good acorns it might be pretty good but quite honestly it's uh for a small amount of deer season are there actually acorns on the ground that deer will eat so you got to figure out something else um i'm not the greatest at this but i can list off a couple i'm sure tyler can too of stuff to look for for me honeysuckle thickets and briar thickets are going to be two things that deer are going to frequent often and have food there that they can they can eat uh you know browse style and in fact all year long i think that um i know everybody likes to harp on japanese honeysuckle as a invasive and it is and it can take over areas but deer eat the tar out of it man hammer time dude dude they freaking love it and it's it's a thing that they'll eat all all winter long because it stays green all winter long and there's yep. green leaves there mm-hmm. um same thing with green briar you know uh it gets a little bit harder in the winter time but there's still green leaves and then as soon as those little green shoots start coming out man they hammer it down too you know what are some thoughts for you about my first one is pumpkin patches pumpkin patches there's a few of those around yeah, yeah. actually there's signs you there can, you can hunt pumpkin patches in the yeah. off you know off hours or after halloween you know pretty much 
Uh, Actually, you laid a pumpkin underneath <laughs> your feeder two years ago and nothing touched it. <laughs> nothing. Not a bird, not a raccoon. Nothing. Nothing. Uh, so my thoughts are privet. Yeah. Um, I know the, the Emphis meat buck that you're talking about. He was yeah. full of those privet berries. Guys, if you don't know what that is, it's it's Chinese privet. It's an invasive as well. Dad Look it up. China's, man. I know, dude. China's. Well, that other one's a Japanese. Oh. Uh, Japanese honeysuckle, <laughs> Chinese That's privet, racist, China, China virus. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, so look it up. It's like a little green shrub or whatever, but, yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, there's a there's also a Korean barbecue honeysuckle <laughs> as well, too. Uh, no, it's, uh, it, yeah, the Chinese privet. Uh, I'll just call it privet because I don't want to sound too much like Trump. Yeah. Because uh, we're not sure at this point if he's going to be our president or not. <laughs> um, but uh, that's definitely one. Um, man, as far as uh, as far as other food sources on public go, I think you're going to see you're going to start seeing some cold season grasses that are going to come up in yeah. in uh, um, different areas, man. That may get like mowed or uh, for some reason, you know, there's there's uh, they're dying maybe, you mm-hmm. know, even but like in a in like a CRP habitat, you're not going to see this as much, but some maybe, but like places that have been trampled down or certain grasses that have been dead for a while, you're going to start seeing like uh, some rye grasses and stuff come up that are that are green and tasty little yeah. shoots you know and i think if you can find that that's something else um you know i, I wasn't really ready for this question so Ow. those are my best two <laughs> ideas those are good um i could probably come up with a couple more and i feel well, bad that i'm not giving you we'll, uh, everything we'll right go now. with the best of the element ones and that's going to transition us into what we're fixing to do right now yeah, so um the the element standby is the good old permission the persimmon yeah the american persimmon mm-hmm Sims, as we like to call them. Old Sims. Sims. Man, you can't beat it this time of year. And then they're kind of starting to run out. But what's interesting about persimmons is you'll have trees that drop in early October. You'll have trees that drop in late October. Mine's holding strong right now. Mine dropped the first week of October on my property. It's nuts, man. And that's the thing. I think you need to get in there and figure out which persimmons are dropping where and when. One of the things that you got to consider, too, and this is a good thing, is that Deer will eat persimmons when we can't touch them because they don't perceive tannins like we do. So whenever you take a bite of a persimmon and it's not real soft and gooey and it draws your mouth up, that doesn't really bother deer as much. Mm -hmm. Now, they don't eat them when they're green-green that much, but once they start turning orange, if a persimmon falls on the ground, a deer will eat it. So, um, guys, get out there and find you some persimmons because, gadgummit, if it's not deer candy. We actually pulled a a trail camera on public land the other day uh, in Texas and had some pretty nice shooters that yeah. were hitting persimmons middle of the night and early early morning mm-hmm. but it gives you a, an idea about how to follow them to and from you know where they might be bedding or spending their daytime or just know that as the season pushes on later there'll be more and more daylight active yeah and you can go from there so tyler right now we actually are going to put some of that into practice yeah for right? sure yeah we're so this is something we've wanted to do for some time now um but basically the what we're doing on the road here is we're checking out some different public properties in texas um, trying to get our eyes on some new stuff some stuff that maybe in areas that we've seen before but we haven't seen this particular spot of this public parcel or whatever that we've map scouted out and we'd like to see you know Um, so we're just kind of making the rounds and um we may jump on a place and try to hunt a little bit we're not sure um we're just gonna have to kind of see what we see when we get there see what it says we're gonna see what it says um but the the idea is kind of 
you know, with this kind of heat wave, or Casey was saying Indian summer earlier, yeah. that's kind of going on here. Uh, we got this this heat wave during early November here. We're kind of waiting on Kansas to cool off slash heat up, if you know what I mean. Woo-hoo! So cool cool off temperature wise, and uh, and hopefully that'll give us uh, more direct efforts once we decide to go up there. So we're kind of. Uh, you know, it's it's probably going to end up being a big trip. I don't think we're going to go go home in between, but uh, yeah. we're we're just making the rounds, man, and this, we're going to hopefully hopefully get to sit down on some Texas pub. And oh, I would love if to shoot a couple Texas public bucks and on a place that's new to to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that'd dude. be freaking awesome. And this is where Onyx comes in pretty handy, honestly, man, <clears> because <throat> we can get on our map, get on a highway, hit and head south or whatever, and just look around and see where the wmas are make sure it's legal to go there and, and get it you know yep. um, and uh it's pretty nice to be able to just you know even on a wide screen version looking at the whole state and just see what wmas are within reach and what you can go hit and what you can go check out right. so yep. um we'll probably be spending quite a bit of time on the maps Definitely. especially whenever we get somewhere um we're going to be doing some intensive map scouting, trying yes. to target. Like honestly, you can even find persimmon trees if you know what you're looking for. You can see persimmons on the map. It's yeah. pretty tough, but you can definitely tell like what is going to be, you know, tall grass. Which man, guys, the most underrated habitat feature in a Texan's repertoire is long grass. Yeah. All right, dude. I mean, I know that it gets hot out there in the middle of summer, and there probably ain't a lot of deer in it. But once November hits. <laughs> Dude, deer love to get out in tall grass <coughs> mm-hmm. and feel like they're hidden, but rut around and sniff on does and chase does around. You know, like, yep. of course, they'll do it in the big timber, too. But deer don't want to rut, like, run does in the thicket. Now, does end up bedding in the thicket, and they'll go by there and, and nose them up and stuff. But, you know, dude, if you can find a good big old patch of CRP or whatever you want to call it, switchgrass, there's going to be deer in it in November. Yep. And it is, that is just all, and it, honestly, if you zoom in on some of the maps on Onyx, you can even see trails mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. Now, what gets confusing is sometimes they'll let cows in yep. on WMAs, and then if it's not cows, it can be pigs, yep. but deer will use those trails too. So, and who knows, it might be a deer trail. But um, anyways, we'll be spending a lot of time on maps the next few days. That's um, the same thing, you know, That's and the same thing for Kansas as well. Like, we'll, we spend a lot of time up there. We, we hunt both public and private up there, and it's the same thing. You got cows on, on private too. You do. You know, and so yeah. you got you to gotta deal with that. You know, the one, one uh, here's a little tip for you as far as trails go if you're looking uh, for trails, uh, uh-huh. which there's there's definitely, you have to look for more than just trails. But oh, yeah. Th- it's a good thing to look for. But uh, if a trail goes up to a barbed wire fence at a perpendicular angle of sorts, mm-hmm. it's probably a deer trail. Yep. If it goes par- parallel at some point when it gets to the fence, then it's probably a cow trail. Yep. i tell so, you what else, too, on that, when you're reading trails on a map, if you see trails and other trails start getting close to this trail and it's fairly straight and it leads to a water source, it's most definitely cows. Because mm-hmm. that's what you'll find on these properties is that, the especially, you know, in some of the more arid parts, like... You see, you know, a, a pila or a windmill or whatever in the corner of a pasture. I love pila bread. Dude, pila bread is the Heroes. best. You might, you yeah, 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 gorditas. <laughs> um, but you'll find that in the corner so it can service all four pastures. Well, if you go six, 800 yards away from that, you're like, oh, man, look at that trail. But if you follow that thing, it's going to lead right to that water in the corner. I'm not saying deer aren't going to frequent that water. I don't really know for sure, but... Uh, I can tell you this. It's not my favorite. If it is mooed up, you probably better find you another spot. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, 
speaking of gorditas, man, I need to go get since when we're down while we're down here, I need to get some Mexican food. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyway, back to this, back to this stuff. Uh, the plan is uh, to do that, maybe go to Kansas at some point. We're definitely going to be in Kansas oh, yeah, in the next week or so. Up in there. Um, and then um, probably, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We, we're so flying by the seat of our pants right now. we got one thing in mind, and uh, after tomorrow, things can change. You know what I mean? So we don't really know for sure, but we are uh, excited. And once we get to Kansas, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff. Um a lot of hopping around, a lot of truck driving, which we usually do. So it, uh, we've talked about before, but, you know, in, in flatter country, plain states and stuff, we spend a lot of time in the truck uh, trying to get a look at different, uh, you know, that's the thing is even with uh, even with the topography on um, uh, the lines, you know, on, on X, you're, you're still going to uh, struggle in some of these places that aren't super uh, hilly to understand can you actually see very far into that property from the road and mm -hmm. that's a big thing is road seclusion on these properties so absolutely if we're we've got you know and we've got a you know we put a thousand pounds of corn in one spot uh so we've got that as an actually option. more than that well yeah we put 1250 at this point <laughs> all together so hopefully it's still holding in there um but um definitely i got to pull a trail camera in there and and uh saw that there was at least one shooter in there so that's a that's a possibility of a place we're going to sit soon and then uh we're always looking for new stuff up Dude. there just because you know if you if you live the permission game uh -huh. you know that things come and go you oh know? yeah so we got to be on that what's freaking cool about this time of year and actually guys um we just got off the i'll give a little plug for our buddy jake hofer here so uh our friends at Exodus, they run a really cool podcast called Trail Cam Radio, and, and we got off the phone with Jake earlier, and we're going to have an episode uh, collabing with them. He called us the greatest hunters on earth, I he think. Did, he did, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what um, he said. So what is that? It's on uh, Tuesday. I guess that'll be November 3rd that'll come out. So go check out Trail Cam Radio, listen to our episode over there. Uh, in case you just aren't completely tired of us rambling here, we did over there quite a bit too. Lots of laughs, though, man, and uh, actually some really good – deep dive conversation yeah they're good questions yeah. man dude jake's jake's the man dude he jake's a freaking man. killer he's gonna kill a giant buck this week and we're gonna get him off our big boat breakdown i just yeah. know it it's just gonna be we're just gonna turn this into a joint podcast yeah like, oh well, what i'm saying on that was that um one of the things we talked about with jake is that this time of year is magic man oh, like yeah. do not get discouraged mm -mm. if you don't have bucks showing up yet at your place or whatever because in no time it can go from zero to hero, man. Like a giant can show up out of nowhere, and you got to be in the stand ready for it to happen. Yep. So do well, not despair, were, my friends. When you said do not be discouraged, I thought you were talking about quoting some Joshua scripture. I was, dude. Were you? Yeah, but I didn't want to go too Joel, so I was like, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. No, Just open real. your wallet and. God, never mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, don't but, open that Bible. Bro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, but anyways, man, November's here, and we are hot. If you can't tell by the giggles that we had so far on this podcast, Tyler and I are just driving around, like looking girls. at deer country, just being little girls. Uh, going to be girls whenever it gets cold, because it's mm. going to be, oh, man. Mm. Actually, mm. you know, everybody's like, mm, kind of a warm front. I'm like, dude, that's what I'm talking dude, about. you ain't lying, man. <laughs> if I can shoot a deer and then drag him out in a short sleeve shirt, man, I am all Whoa, about it. Yeah. Now, I don't want to hunt when it's 90, but... Hunt when it's no. 55 ain't the worst. No. Ain't the worst. Man, mm. I can't drive 55. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know what you're saying. Uh, so, 
I guess as we wrap this thing up, I just kind of give a call to action one more time, man. Thank you guys for the support you've had for us this year. Tell your friends to subscribe to us. That's a big, big thing for us. Uh, we're almost at 10,000 subs on YouTube, man. We're getting close. Oh, we'd love to get there. We would love to get there soon, before the rut even starts. Mm. Is it the rut yet? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I have not seen a buck chasing since we've been on the road, so maybe either. not. Me neither. Um, so go watch that video uh, tonight or whenever you're listening to this thing. Yeah, it, um, uh, it's around 7 p.m. on November 2nd. So yep. if it's after that, it's already up. If not, go subscribe and be ready to watch. Yeah, hit the bell for notifications. And like I said, you guys being grassroots uh, believers in what we do is big time to us man it means so much that you support us because uh, we're getting to the point where this thing uh is pretty serious deal for us um it's it's a lifestyle and it's lifeblood man it's it's something that we have been so passionate about since 2016 when we started filming and doing this thing um and just the opportunity to be able to to get out on the road and do this means so much man i can't tell y'all how much fun i've had this year already and it literally it's because of you guys and we appreciate that so much so uh, tell your friends um, that something cool is going on over here and they need to subscribe. See a little different angle than what you see on other places in YouTube maybe and uh, hopefully it's something that's good. So anyway, we appreciate that and remember, this is your element. Living it. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.